Welcome back to the Latecomers. I'm Amity. I'm Lemuel. And we are not learning about Nick very much this episode, but we are yeah. learning about Glenn. So yeah. we'll talk yeah. about episode three of 2020 Stand uh, here in just a moment. Before we get started, how was your week? My week was actually pretty good. I got to go interesting places and do fun things. And I bought a souvenir from one of my trips. Souvenir! Yes. You did. I bought a kukri. Kukri. Which is a Nepalese dagger. Knet. Mm-hmm. It's pretty and heavy. It's pretty heavy. It's very interesting. It's obviously been used before. It was bought from a man who was an aging hippie who got it in Kathmandu during the 60s when he was there. So, yes, it was a very interesting week. How was your week? It was good. Uh, it was you good. just returned back from your trip. No, I've been back for a little while. I did nothing this weekend except rest in such a way as to hurt my back. So, oh. good job me. I'm a thousand years old. <laughs> <sighs> so, we are doing a different setup in, on this record. I'm trying to keep my back from uh, bursting into flames. Which is interesting because I have a back issue, too, that came from exercising. Yeah, mine came right. from not exercising. Okay. Probably. I need to I need to strengthen my core. Okay. I think if I strengthen my core, my spine won't feel like there's glass in it anymore. What do you think? I think that would be a really good idea. I've actually learned... I do some leg raises and stuff. Yeah. That's what I should do. I need to... This needs to be stronger. I will actually help you with that. My middle. Because I was... Uh, I, all of Asian martial arts, it's all your lower back, your hips, and your legs. Yeah, and my and hips and my lower back have been really bothering me. I have, I have sciatica. Uh-huh. Um, I also have uh, arthritis, so mm. it's all bad. I'll do there. I'm but so sorry. today... My lower back just hurt like um, like somebody put glass in my spine. Oh. It was very rude. Yes. Don't do that. It just stuck up on you while you were asleep. Yep. Here's some glass. Ha, 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 ha. So rude. Yeah, when I woke up this morning, I went to get out of bed, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I, I had the issue a couple of mornings ago that I had to sort of roll over sideways and do something that to anybody else would have looked like a push-up. Oh, right, And yeah. then pull my knees to my chest, and then I was able to get up. But there was this difficult cantilevering position not to be in any kind of pain. We're doing great. Yep, we're, we're doing, doing great. super good, guys. <laughs> All right, you want to get into this episode? Yes, I want to get into this episode. I'm so sorry. I didn't get to see more of Nick. Yeah, so, so we had thought blank page makes sense. It's going to be a mm. Nick and Tom episode. Now, right. we do meet Nick and we do meet Tom, but we only get him for about five minutes. Right. About five minutes. About five minutes. (laughs) Okay. We do get more of Mother Abigail and a little bit more of Flag this episode. Um, Now, uh, you've read the book, right? It's been two decades, but yes, I have read the book. I will say, Uh one of the reasons they may be doing this weird back and forth ping-ponging in time is because The Stand is one of the most widely read books in the English language. Right. And they may be trying to keep you from understanding and knowing what's going to happen next. Okay. Because there is something a little rote. Now, people want an adaptation to be exactly what's on the page, which it's, know, it's never going to be. It's never going to be. And it shouldn't be. Um, a film and a book are two different things. I say this also to people who adapt plays. It's okay to have other settings that you couldn't put on a stage, for instance. Yes, and a larger dance crew, as In the Heights showed us. Yes. 
we are really going to... So first episode, Harold, Stu, and Franny. Second episode, Larry and Lloyd and Rita and a splash of Nadine and a sousson of Nick. (laughs) Uh, So this time, uh, we see Stu meeting up with Harold and Franny on the road. They're doing it backwards. They do this weirdly backwards, right? So we see the beginning of Larry and Nadine's meetup outside of Philadelphia while he is reading one of Harold's paintings mm-hmm. on the ground, on the freeway. It's painted on the on the actual roadway. Right. And while he is reading that, Joe, who he does not know, attacks him with a knife. <laughs> cool kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it happens sometimes. And Nadine, you know, he um Stops him from stabbing him Mm -hmm. and pins him down a little bit. And then Nadine runs up and is like, you're hurting him. And he's like, I'm trying not to, but uh, could you disarm him maybe? Help me out a little bit. And then she wants to travel with him. Larry is uh, wary of traveling with anyone because of what happened with Rita. She's not coming back, guys. She was in last episode. Did Rita come back back in the book? I don't believe so. Okay. Um. And I don't even think she like, makes a ghost appearance later. I think right. she's just out. I believe... That's a pity, because I really like that performance and that character. I believe IMDb has Heather Graham in one episode. Okay. So, serious wrap mm. on Rita. We do see some Nadine as a child. She was in an orphanage where she Ouija'd her way into her present relationship with Randall Flagg. Oops. <laughs> For those in the audience... Ouija. Ouija. It's not actually pronounced Ouija. It's, a, it's not yes, yes. That's not what it comes from. I will point you to a podcast that proves you wrong. A podcast will prove me wrong. Yep. Ah. It's not even Ouija. She's just using a planchette and right. a pencil, um, which I, actually I like, carves into <laughs> the floor. As you brought up when we were watching this, I guess... Ouija or Ouija is a trademark now, so it is. it's just called Planchette when she discovers the the, the board the, game. Yeah, but with that name right. of the Romany from Thinner. Right. Oh, that yeah, that was an in Easter. the new one. In the old one, I don't. I it's just. I don't planchette. think I don't remember this scene at all in the old one. No, I mean in the. I'm sorry, in the flashbacks. Okay. There was none of this in the flashbacks. Or in the in the previous miniseries. Um, and I don't remember if it's from the book or not. But Nadine got her rock that she wears around her neck when she was a, t- a tween. So she's been um, groomed right. for a number of years by a devil man. So that's not ideal for her. But that's really all we know. She's a teacher. And she kind of followed Larry. Larry's mm-hmm. into her because, and and we've heard a number of people now say she's probably the most beautiful woman left on earth. Right. Which, I mean, I guess. I well, it, it depends on your standards of beauty. Um, she's very Aryan in this. She's very blonde. Right. I don't know what Amber Heard's actual hair color is. Um, I thought it was red when she was a fish person. 
It was right when she was a fish person, but that was also a wig. I think oh, she okay. might actually be blonde. And I have to give her credit uh, where credit is due. She's better in this episode than she was. She is better in this. No, nominally better. Infinitely better, better, but she doesn't have still doesn't have much to do. But she's doing more. I I think that to me, it's I'm still missing the kind of way that another performer ate up this part. I'm in no way looking at her like she's. I I don't. She doesn't have any kind of magnetism, which I think that this character needs because she is supposed to be the most desirable woman on the planet at this point. And uh, nope. It's just she's so dull. Lackluster. Lack. Luster. Although somebody said lack lust the other day, and I'm like, that's not... That's lack not, lust. That's not the word. That's interesting. And we... So we see Larry looking... Reading Harold's notes. And mm-hmm. then we sort of flash back to just before that, really, where Harold and Franny are on the road, mm-hmm. and he has written this out... And then they're like separating. He's siphoning gas, and she's taking prenatal vitamins uh, on the sly. And uh, and Stu comes upon them while Harold is urinating, which is smart because I think he knows that right. Harold would shoot him if given the opportunity. Uh, and you know, asks if he can join them. Uh, and Harold. Uh, basically says to Franny, you can go with this happy asshole or you can go with me and I've got, I've kept you safe this whole time. And then storms off like a baby. And Franny's like, I'm going to go with him because I don't know you. I don't know that you're not Jeffrey Dahmer, but I also, Hey guys, we don't know that Harold's not Jeffrey Dahmer and he is more of a Jeffrey Dahmer than Stu is. Yes. So it's not it's not an ideal situation for her, but she's a little um apologetic at least. And so they separate and then Stu comes upon Kojak. Kojak doggy. And Kojak's the owner, television Kojak who had no hair at all. Who had no hair at all. This one has lots of hair. Lots of hair. Um, beautiful blonde hairs, and he is owned by Glenn, whose last name I cannot remember, but it's a last name. Bateman. Oh, Bateman. Thank you. I was thinking of... Never mind, it doesn't matter. (laughs) The only Glenn I could think of was the dude that wrote once, so I was stuck. Um, and... He hangs out with Glenn. I think they smoke some weed. They talk about whether the 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 epidemic was as um, fatal to dogs as it was to humans because they haven't seen any other dogs around. Mm. Uh, and then Stu's at the house looking at Glenn's paintings and picks up one of Mother Abigail and wakes Glenn up and he's like, who is this? Are we having the same dreams? And then he goes back to the paintings and picks up another one. And that one is a Franny. Right. Who he had met two days prior. And she is. And she is pregnant. Absolutely. And Glenn is like, well, you didn't tell me she was pregnant. And he said, I, she wasn't, at least not mm-hmm. visibly. And that is where we leave Stu and Glenn with a little bit of an, oops, we might be having the same dreams about this woman in Colorado. Except that's, of course, not where we leave them because we do then see them in Colorado. And the five people who are running Boulder 
are Stu and Franny, Glenn, Larry, and Nick. And they've been told by Mother Abigail, say what you need me to say in front of Nick, and I will know it, and if you need an answer, I will respond. But they don't know how that's actually working, and they don't really feel like it is working because she's uh, not making herself uh, vocal in this in, in any of their decision-making. Um, so that's getting frustrating to them. And that comes to a head when Larry and Stu are out. It looks like they're hunting mm-hmm. um, for food, and a yellow car comes up. looks like a muscle car comes up, and a man falls out of it. He's an Asian man. Uh, with a Las Vegas keychain and crucifixion wounds. Right. And they carry him into the hospital, where then we see a little crossover with Franny, who's getting a ultrasound. And she picks up a, puts up a photo of her ex, who's an ex now, regardless of how it ended, whose name was Jess, and who was black in the photo. Mm-hmm. Um we don't see a close-up of him. We just see that it's her white face and a black face next to her. She's holding it up to the sonogram and says, you know, just meet your, meet your baby or whatever. Oh, that's sweet. And she asks the doctor there, do you think immunity of one parent is enough to make immunity for the baby? And the the doctor's like, I don't, I don't know. even want to answer that I question. I don't know. I mean, how is she knows? supposed to know? We don't know. Right? Yeah. Um, we say, she's like, well, I hope so, <laughs> is what it comes down to. And then they put this, um, this man who's come from Las Vegas into a hospital bed and are discussing what to do. Um, the, 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 the council of five of which Larry still says, I still don't know why I'm on this council. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Mother Abigail ends up making her way there and uh, basically saying, I heard you. I told you what to do. I'm here now. And then he goes, she goes in to talk to this, this man who has been unconscious. And um, he, he pulls an exorcist and starts talking in Flag's voice, saying mm-hmm. that Flag's going to come and kill them all. And then the dude dies. And a bunch of birds fly at the window. That's an effective That's probably the scariest thing that we've seen so far. Yeah. Unless you don't like rats, in which case Larry's mom talking while rats are actively coming out of her throat is pretty I think that was more up. gross. Than, I mean, that was a really effective moment. But yeah, like a lot of the moments here are just sort of gore and they're just disgusting. And there's really neat parts to it, too. I kind of... I kind of like the way the gore is used selectively here. Yes, I mean, but it has been used in every episode. Right. There has been a yuck in every episode. There's Because I really like the moment where Larry Underwood wakes up next to his girl he hooked up with, right? Yeah. And so she's obviously a pretty girl with a nice figure, from what you can see from the back of her. Yeah. And then she turns around and her face is just caked with mucus. Yes. And that juxtaposition of, like, she turns her face and you're expecting someone a groupie, and then it just turns out to be this person that literally is drooling gunk out of their face. Yeah. That was a really good moment, and there's a couple of those, like, the mom floating down, and, you know, as she's speaking, this rat works its way out of her mouth. Works her way out of, yeah, it's two of them. Yeah. Um, 
The other sort of flash, big flashback that we get is mm-hmm. the Nick and Tom scene, right. which is about a, a 20th of what I wanted yeah. <laughs> from this. So uh, we see Nick. He knocks a dude in a bar who takes issue and beats the sh- beats the shit out of well, him. Well, Nick sadly Nick doesn't deaf. see it coming or hear he it. He doesn't or, or... hear it coming. He doesn't see it coming. He doesn't realize that he has jostled this man. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is beaten pretty severely by a dude that has fuck written on his knuckles, but in the, where the U goes, the dude has a big ring with a horseshoe yeah. on it. So that's classy. Mm-hmm. And when he comes to in the hospital, the other person in the hospital is the dude that beat him up. But he's, of course, got a a goiter, neck swollen, right. pus and snot coming out of his face. Um, and Nick has had two dreams. Nick has basically been offered number two position in both locations. Flag says, I've already made it so that you can hear. Next, I'll make it so that you can talk, and I'll give you, I'll make you my number two man. Oh, now. make it so you can. Oh, and, and he, to say nothing of his eye. Because Nick like, has no idea, eyes? right, exactly. Because he's unconscious at this point. Um, and he's like, mm, I'm good. Thanks, though. Uh, and then Nick wakes up and of course he has this day. It's clear that that dude broke his orbital bone. Mm-hmm. That's why we see him in an eye patch. He's yeah. probably totally blinded in that eye. Um, and then he has a dream of mother Abigail where she's like, um, Oh, you don't have to sign because you can speak. Just go ahead and try. And he does. He speaks, he can hear and he can see and he can speak to her in this dream state. And she's like, you know, you're very special. Make you my right hand. God loves you. And he I says, totally heard I, I don't God believe in God. You. He says, I don't believe in God. She chuckles, of course, and says, that's okay. He believes in you. Cliche. <laughs> also, there's consciously, I think, this time with this Nick, that he's sort of made to... There's a lot of... So he's okay. the son of an undocumented immigrant in this, as well as being deaf and... Um, now, deaf and um, mute. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Deaf, deaf and nonverbal, I guess we'd say. And then also now he's got this eye patch. I think that... So he's got, like, many things stacked up. Watching this, this version of it, um, I'm not sure how literal they would get. I don't, don't know if at the end of it we're going to see the hand of God yet again. I think that watching... I think they probably learned from right. the last time, but who knows? This, uh... It is all of the religious symbolism in here. It's not very subtle. Uh, I made the joke that when the Asian guy is brought into the car, he sort of takes a crucifixion posture when he falls out of the car. He just yeah. falls that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And with the nails through his uh, wrists, like the way they're supposed to be, not through his palms, I kept saying, it's like and he's there to send a message, so he's effectively a Christogram. Yes, yeah, and, 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 and then, uh, uh, what Stu even says mm-hmm. to Nick, like, we need to take this seriously, they crucified him and they did it the way you're supposed to. Right. Like, they did, they knew how right. to do it. Through Which the is a neat joke, it's like, oh, prom. here's somebody who was around when it used to happen. Um, but also... Or you tried it in the palms and found yes. out very quickly why you don't do that. Because y'all, but I mean, there's uh, a reason, I think that it's the, a physics reason. They the suggestion do is that. that Randall Flagg has been around for a long well, yes. time. But um, 
And then, of course, there's all these babies. You know, there's Franny's baby that we never meet the father. No. And he's adopted by this other person who's going to raise the child as his own. There's a whole Joseph and Mary thing there. Yeah. There's the fact that Nadine is a virgin and she's about to give, possibly, uh, the plan is for her to give birth to some kind of that Antichrist. That would be the plan, yes. And so, yeah, there's a lot of it this time. And I think that one of the things I noticed this time is that Nick, the styling of his hair and the beard, he clearly has these echoes definitely has of looking like a Christ, Christ figure. Because, and not a, not a white Christ. Right, which is actually Which I appreciate, yes. Because the, he goes the, and, um, and helps he, the person who beat him. Yes. He makes he an attempt to, to attend to him. He gives him water or something. Right. Yeah. And like wipes his face or something. Right. Well, well, the guy's going. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing exactly? This? So there's a there's a conscious sort of Christ figure ness right. to him as well. Right. And uh, in the in in Nick's dream of Mother Abigail, mm-hmm. in Nick's dream of Mother Abigail, she says, "I'm in Hemingford, home, Colorado." Spelled M O O N for anybody who might ask. Right. And that is that is our that is our Tom Cullen reference. And so Nick once. His tormentor is, I, I believe he just dies. Yeah. Nick's he dies when he's not there, though. Right. He's yeah. wandering the hospital, and uh, he runs into Tom Cullen, mm-hmm. who I actually really like the way that they handle this character. Um, he's played Brad William Henke, who we've seen before. And he starts, and he, he delivers a prepared speech. Uh, that he has neurological di- disabilities and um, he doesn't really understand social cues. Uh, so if he makes you uncomfortable, just let him know and he'll try and adjust his behavior. He has trouble with memory. He can't read, but he can work. He works. He's a hard worker. Mm-hmm. And if you um, know of any work or or if I get lost, call this person and he so he has this speech mem- memorized, which he gives I think three times. Basically, yeah, he keeps stopping and starting all over he again. He keeps stopping and starting, and then he's like, "Oh, did I forget to say I couldn't read?" Because Nick is like, "I." He's trying to sign death. He signs death a bunch of time, or like, and he's mm-hmm. shaking his head. But he he can read the M O O N because that is Tom Collins, you right. know, fallback M O O N that spells. Various moon. and sundry things. Tyrannosaurus Rex. Very rarely is it actually moon. Um, and so that is how he kind of knows. Okay, I've got a like this is this mob this mob dude. But mm. we don't see them. We see them come together, but we don't see them come together. Does right. that make sense? We now know that Nick is somebody who will look out for somebody because he looked out for the man who blinded him. Yes. Uh, when that man had nobody else to help him. Uh, but beyond that, we don't know what this relationship really is going to be. And it it's all of, what, four minutes, maybe? It's not very long. I, I have and we to, don't see him in Boulder. I, we don't I, see Tom in Boulder. We I, only see Nick in Boulder. I really, and I said this last week, I really appreciated what um, Bill Fagerbaki, I think yes. that's his name, yeah. and... Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe got up to in the first one. Mm-hmm. They had a real chemistry. Yeah. And at first I was put off by what uh, Brad William Henke is doing. Um, but I understand that you could not in any way, shape, or form go back to that kind you of performance. You could do what Bill did. Right. It's, it, it's, a pro- the, it's This is a problematic character, the mm-hmm. way that it is written. 
Um, it was written in 1979 or whatever, 1988. Right. So, you know, I'm not going to hold Stephen King accountable. I think he, there's compassion for this character, but there are stereotypes and problems with the way that he's portrayed. Well, yeah. Um, and I like this. I know people who have things like this committed mm. to memory. Like, yeah. you also know people who yes, have things like this. And have we have both worked with this population um, or uh, people who are similar to mm-hmm. this character. And it felt very um, like a, like a modern way to do it. And I don't think Brad William Hankey is going too far at this no. point. I don't think he's tipped over into lampooning. Right. Um, it's going to be hard. It's, it's, it's going to be, be hard because he's following the footsteps of somebody who just nailed that part. I mean, after watching, um, Robert, he's he's much less Lenny though. Right, I feel and like yeah, Bill Fargo. I wanted was to see those two actors do of Mice and Men uh, together, right? Because they just hit the right rhythm, and I think that's the reason why I can't take it. I don't think that Stephen King meant to be offensive because he's referencing he doesn't the but, great American novel. Frankly, but things have yeah. changed pretty significantly, and. Nick is not George. No, because Nick has at least an ability to, like George in a but like, Men. I guarantee uh, you that Bill Fagerbachy watched right. Lon Chaney Jr. Yes, because he gets across that same quality of like you want to protect him even yes. though he's twice your size. Which, hey guys, uh, uh-huh. that'll be a a, a recommendation. Yes, if you absolutely. have not seen. Is that the original? The, of I think Mice it's the first Men? film version with um, with Lon Chaney Jr. playing Lenny and um, Burgess Meredith playing George. Playing George, yeah. And it's it it's was incredible. Like, it's made incredible. of the lifetime of the author who just was stunned by it, and it is an amazing performance, and it's heartbreaking yes. as that story always is. It's, so that's the Of Mice and Men adaptation, right. uh, and it is yeah. Staggering. What what Lon Chaney Jr. is doing yeah. is uh you'll cry, y'all. And you'll <laughs> cry. There's something wrong with you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean it's been a rough year, so it's possible you're all cried out, but but yeah, it's I, I think that one of the things about Fagerbaki's performance was the fact his constant frustration with being he knew so, his shortcomings, quote unquote. and he wanted to yeah. overcome them, and he felt badly right. that he was unable to do that. And he was scared. And, and that, that brings also a, a uh, Flowers for Algernon right. um, uh, twist to it as well, where, like, that's always my fear. Like, that's the, that's the thing I don't want to have happen to me as I get older. Yeah. I don't want to lose my faculties and know I'm losing my faculties. I think it's why people with early-onset dementia get so aggressive about mm-hmm. it I didn't forget yeah. Like it's, it's because you know you're losing your faculties and you can't do anything about it and that's terrifying mm-hmm. so it's easier to like lash out at it Yeah. Um, but he just is forlorn that he is and that's uh, why I wanted to see more of this performance because I'm going Brad Henke as done the good decision not to go down the route of trying to do that performance again. No. Yes. He's doing a, a particular kind of... That's also the, probably uh, on the writers as well. Right. right. But there's also something vaguely 
and I, I, uh, I don't know how to phrase this exactly, and you can cut it out if it goes wrong, okay? Mm. There's also something vaguely feminine about his mannerism and his performance. Okay. And I think that works really well with a person who's brought up by a female relative. But, yes. And so he's doing the very f- laws, yes, you know. Yes, he does have a, like, he uses yeah. his hands quite a bit, which Bill Fagerbachy also did. Right. Um, I don't know that I would I don't know if you want to characterize that. that as feminine, although I just, I those terms okay, bother then we me. Can just, no, 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 but, no, it's, it's totally fine, but right. I agree with you. Um, but that's my kind laws, of, my laws is right. a phrase that I don't, I've never heard anybody use. So when he says it, I'm like, what? But I know laws. Yeah. Was, mm-hmm. was what Bill Fagerbach, said. So that was right. written in. And I, I think it's just a, it's a manner of speech in, in a place that I don't know he, anyone he from there. So a, I don't know anybody who says that. A really good job of, it looks like in the beginning. He's trying to make himself physically small. His body yes. language is interesting. Absolutely. Like, I'm not threatening. I'm, I'm not threatening. Right. I'm yeah. going to have to give you this whole speech, and if you interrupt me, I have to start all over again. All over again. Beginning. So I, I, I do appreciate the fact, because at first I'm like, oh, he's not the same. But then I thought, you can't do that again. No, you can't. You can't. You have to find a different way of exploring this character. And I'm hoping that they... I don't know that they'll have that kind of chemistry, but I'm hoping, again, being that this is the heart of the story. Yeah. And I really wanted to see... Julie Laurie. I was hoping this was part of their road trip. Cause yeah, no, not... Well, we haven't gotten their trip right. yet. I know. I was so. like, okay, I want to see that part because to me, she's always like the... Jill Sholin completely ran away with... No, wait, wait is it Jill Sholin no, or is it Shawnee Smith? it's not. It's Shawnee Smith. Shawnee Smith just runs away with that part. Like, she just does the most cackling. And, and I want to see, okay, that was way over the top. I want to see... Or maybe a more nuanced version of that performance, but I didn't get to see it in this episode like I wanted to. Yeah. Um, and we get a couple of other little things. Um, we get a little bit of Harold on his cleanup duty. Mm-hmm. They're cleaning out the whole wing of a school, um, and Nadine is trying to give the kids some normalcy, she says. Uh, she doesn't even know if she's going to teach them. I'm like, well, I don't think she's really a teacher even. But no. They keep telling me she is, so... Mm. Yeah, that that... I think the longest, one of the longer scenes is that scene, that flashback scene of Nadine and the orphanage where uh, Nadine will be my queen is carved in big block letters into the floor. Oh, and we see some scenes between Larry and Joe where Mm -hmm. Joe is real into Larry's guitar playing and then Larry gives him the guitar to play and he can play it a little. So he's either a ringer and had, had some lessons or... He's a savant. Who knows? Um, Hard to tell. And uh, that's when uh, Larry loses his guitar. <laughs> Joe is like not going to give it back ever again. Oh, and then there's that weird sex scene. <laughs> it's not a sex scene. It's it's a scene between Amber Heard and Alexander Skarsgård, but they are not in the same place. Right. And and the- she's saying she's going to come to him. And she wants him. And I've never seen anybody look l- less like that was the case <laughs> while trying to get me to believe that that was the case. Right. I was like, girl, watch some porn because... I, she doesn't... It, what made me uncomfortable about that scene is that she does this... And it's it's comically sexual. This sort of heavy-breathing, orgasmic use of the planchette. 
And yeah. this is, gets interrupted by a little boy. Who's, by, the, by Joe coming in. Right, walking in, and she's just sort of covered in sweat and breathing heavy, and she's like, oh, I was just playing a game. This, yeah, like, uh-huh. Um, yes, yeah, ma'am. that's just, this, this, that, that's just creepy. I didn't like it. Yeah, so that's also happening. So she, um, I don't think she's been, been given her Herald exp- uh directions right. yet, but that should be coming along any time now. Well, there is kind of a hint that Harold is the direction that she's going to go in. But nothing's been developed yet, and it's surprising to me. How many episodes are there to this program? Nine. Okay. So we're a third of the way through at yeah, this point. Yeah, it just point. doesn't seem to be moving very quickly. Yeah. So this one aired uh, on the New Year's Eve 2020. Uh, and next week it's called the episode is called the House of the Dead. Oh, it sounds like a Rob Zombie movie. Uh, and uh, it aired originally on January 7th of this year. So we're into 2021. Wow. We have, we've made it from 1979 to 2021. Oh, my God. How do you feel about it? Uh, I, about what? The whole about season? About how season? Show? We've been doing this for a while now. I mean, I remember when you made it, we were at our old, uh, we were sitting having dinner. Yeah. At uh, a restaurant that we sadly haven't visited since we moved away. I don't remember where it was, so I don't um, know what, you know. It was, oh, good Lord. Yeah, I forget the name of the restaurant now. Just in one of those days. And we're sitting there, and you just said, what do you feel about doing the work of Stephen King? And I thought that was a great idea, because we were really stuck for ideas. Well, it wasn't that we were stuck for ideas, but nothing just seemed... To be something I want to do. It's yeah. like, I'm, I think there was a bad experience with with uh, Twin Peaks. We just Where we were want... stuck into a TV show that we just didn't care about. Yeah, and we don't... That's not fun for you, anybody to listen right. to, and it's not fun for us to do. And I think there were times when we were doing Mr. Mercedes where I felt the same way, where I'm like, oh, here we go again. I still Here's, want to see the last season. I would like to see the last season, but I mean, we were in scenes, particularly the pre-Holly Mr. Mercedes, yeah. where I'm just like, I don't really like these people. I don't want to see this guy masturbating every scene. I don't you want to see his... hate that. It's I don't want to see his mom thing. molesting him. It was just... Yeah, that's It fair. was gross on top of gross all yeah. the time. Until I actually found an end to a character I liked and go, okay. But... Um, but yeah, no, this was a good decision. But I mean, how do you feel about at this point? I feel a sense of accomplishment. We've actually yeah, we're not anywhere close right. to done if we keep doing these one at a time, though. So yeah, well, I mean, um, we have to. I, yeah, no, I think that these we do. I mean, we're this is going to be a pretty short episode. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, especially since we haven't watched it before, right? And there's so many characters, and they're doing it in such a jumbled strange way, way. Yeah, that yeah, I want to do one at a time, one at a time, one right. at a time. So makes perfect sense. Uh, yeah, so we'll see. I don't know what the next one's going to be about. Um, House of the Dead. I'm not going to read. I'm not going to read it. No, don't do it. We won't read the Wikipedia. I will not spoil myself. You, yeah, you know. So that's what we'll talk about next time. Don't do it. Uh, do you have anything else on this episode you want to touch on? No, no. I think this is, I, I just expected more. And so when I didn't get the characters, I didn't get the, the, the scenes I wanted to, I'm like, well, what is this going to happen? Because we're just getting so much, we're, we're pushing two major characters into this kind of peripheral way right now. And I want to see more of them. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, uh, 
I'm curious. You know what I will say? I do. It's interesting because mm-hmm. we've been talking about how the casting le- uh, leans younger. Uh-huh. And that nowhere is that more evident than with Greg Kinnear right. versus uh, Ray Walston. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like half his age or yeah. something like that. Um, and uh, I. I have mixed feelings about Greg Kinnear, but I'm enjoying him in this. He gives Stu some caviar on potato chips and weed for dinner. Like, that's a good dude. But he's always a likable <laughs> character. He's always the sort of skeptic. and Yes, he's also skept- an atheist, right. so he's like, I don't... His skepticism only goes so far, because by the end of the episode, he's watching a man get possessed, and who obviously has some sort of foreknowledge of their situation. And yeah. So it's really great to me to watch him kind of like, I need to... His skepticism at this point is a sandcastle in an oncoming tide. He also bookends the theme of this episode mm-hmm. because he they're talking about his wife who passed 10 years prior right. um, to cancer. Right. And he says, you know, weird thinking about people dying of something other than Captain Trips. Yeah. And then at the end... Harold and Harold's buddy, his uh, his 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 body, body buddy, his body buddy, uh, are dumping the remains of the crucified right. uh, man into one of their you know mass graves that they've dug, and he says, you know, it's weird that this body is fresh. This mm-hmm. is the first one we've done that's been you know right. less than a couple of weeks old at the very you know, and and in many cases months old, right? right? He's and uh, and Harold's like, "Well, it's the first many," which is an ominous ass thing to say. Yeah. He's of course right. Yes, going forward, there will be more deaths, and unless the kids aren't immune, basically all of them are going to be from yeah. stuff that's not Captain Trips, right? Like everybody who's died of that has died is. Is going to die of that. Yes, well, I'm glad that. that Captain Trips is gone, but we still have smallpox and malaria and a dozen other things that well, can be visible. Yeah, the that's, world. And right. that's what Larry had said, why they had to get out of There's the There's a lot cities. of things that we are not immune to, even if we not let down the not immune to, like, we don't even have people who can make vaccines right. and things. So, like, yeah. So, that is this episode. Next week, uh, we're going to watch The House of the Dead. In the meantime, do you have anything you would like to recommend? I really didn't get around to seeing very much. There's a movie that I have a recommendation for, but it has its caveats, of course, which is The Tomorrow War. I enjoyed it. Um, It felt like it was two movies to me, kind of joined at the hip. Uh, And I don't want to spoil that, because if I tell you why it feels that way, I'm going to have to explain a plot point, which is best left to be a surprise. Oh, okay. But I I really enjoyed the movie. It was really, it was very entertaining. I feel like if you liked either Interstellar or Edge of Tomorrow slash Live, Die, Repeat, which is a better title, mm. uh, you would enjoy this movie. Yeah. I feel like both of those It's movies... really enjoyable. It's on a huge scale. Um, there are some really amazing special effects scenes. Pratt's not too annoying. No. If you're worried about it. I like him. I, I know. know that people but don't. I, he's, I, I have my issues. But um, He was fine in this. But yeah, he actually, it's a really interesting film. It has a great supporting cast. Um, 
Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Uh, and it was a great sort of like, uh, I can imagine it would have been really fun to watch with an audience too, because there's some moments, there's some really intense moments of uh, alien violence and all sorts of things going on. And I don't want to spoil too much of it because I went into it blind and that's kind of what I'm doing with movies these days. I want to know as little as possible because I find myself either really enjoying it or really not enjoying it. Mm -hmm. And so instead, like, let me give it the benefit of the doubt and not go in having seen so many trailers and so many, uh, um, or reading reviews about the film. But yeah, I recommend that one. Do you have something? Uh, yeah, I'm going to recommend, I don't think we've talked about it yet because we haven't watched the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Whole thing's not out. It's another Amazon Prime thing. Um, well, it's not. It's a stars thing, but we get okay. it on Amazon Prime, which is blind spotting the television show. Oh, um, it's four episodes in. You don't have to have seen the movie, although the movie is one of my favorite movies from right. the past, past decade, so see the movie. I recommend the movie yes. wholeheartedly. Um, but the show is really, really quite good. And if you want to see where we where we live... It's, it's a movie <laughs> I I really enjoy... I think it, the the film itself is sort of a film noir. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, because it's about desperate people sort of on the edge, and one guy who just... Uh, he doesn't want to be desperate people anymore. Well, he also is the vessel of wrath that St. Paul talks about. Yes, like, indeed. God has made him to suffer, and he just keeps suffering, poor guy. Um, but it really is very local. It's very true yeah. to the town. The other thing about the movie mm -hmm. versus the television show, the movie is... Pretty grounded. Mm -hmm. The television show is surreal. Right. In a lot of ways. Oh, y'all don't watch the show when there are kids around because it's a lot of boobies. There's a lot of nudity in the show, but okay. that there's a point to it. I mean, actually, I'm not even going to say that. You can watch it with kids around. Right. Know that there's nudity. Don't watch Maybe Reservoir Dogs with kids around. What? Don't watch Reservoir Dogs with kids around. Right. That's something that I learned from the most recent that, Yes, exactly. Um, but there's <laughs> but a... Boogie Nights should be fine. Um... <laughs> Yeah, it's there was an Oakland Renaissance that I hope keeps going in some way, or Bay Area Renaissance, because yeah. we got Sorry to Bother You yeah. and Blind Spotting yeah. and The Last Black Man in San Francisco, which yeah. is a very good film. I gotta see that. Yeah. Um and and then the series it's filmed in West Oakland, not very far from us yep. really. Nope. Geographically. It's and funny. They were outside the courthouse at one point, and we were like, that's not outside the courthouse. Right. That's outside the city hall. That's outside the city hall. <laughs> Which courthouse. Is three blocks away from the courthouse. The courthouse in Oakland, the Alameda County Courthouse, from the outside. Which makes sense. You can't film around a courthouse. Right. That's... But on top of that, it's not a pretty building. It's not. So they chose the, no, the plaza old city hall, pretty. which is a beautiful yeah. building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the, you know, so it's like, do you want this brutalist uh, cinder block, or do you want this exceptional Beaux-Arts design for the 20s? They went with that. There's like some really smart, you know, social commentary on right. a number of levels. Um, beautiful, like the dancing and the music in it is really good. Uh they're really they're thirty minute episodes, so right. it's like it's like an after dinner mint. Yeah. It's just a thing that you can just chill to for a half and an like hour. Like I said, it, if you don't know Oakland, yeah, it captures some it. Stuff, yeah, if you don't know Oakland, you'll see some stuff that you've never seen before. Right. And it's really interesting. Yeah. If you do know Oakland, you're like, hey, it's home. Right. <laughs> uh it and it's and it's a beautiful tribute to the town and the people in the town. Yeah. 
and I'm really, really liking it, and I hope that they get to continue. Yeah, I would like it. to. I'd like to see where these characters go. Uh, would I love to see some Debbie Diggs in the show? I would. But he's he's busy it. on another it. really good TV I show. <laughs> and, and producing 400 other things. Right. I get it. Um, you know, and they, they, they make his presence known. Mm-hmm. We, we mention him pretty regularly, right. but it's following. It's not like old television it's following where miles anyway, the so character leaves and you never hear from them again. No. Um, and, and you know what? One thing, too, it's great to see Helen Hunt back. Yes, Helen Hunt is so fun in this. Right. So, so good. And I, I've been watching Helen Hunt since I was a kid, when she was a child actor. Uh, but yeah, and, I, and if I yeah. could recommend to you, get a little high and watch this show. Yeah, that's the show kind of what the show's about. The show invites you to get high with it. Like, it, that sounds crazy, but it absolutely does. So, yeah, it's I, I'm really, really, really loving it. So, that's my recommendation. Is that all? That's Are we done? All. We're done. You guys, we're done. It's so short this time. Next week, we're going to talk about the House of the Dead. House dun, of dun, the dun. Dead. Uh, until then, if you have questions, comments, concerns, you can email us at latecomerspod at gmail.com or find us on Facebook or Twitter at latecomerspod. I would like to remind you to take your medicine, and we would like to remind you... Better late than never. never.